Welcome to the Free Retiree Show. My name is Lee Michael Murphy. I've been in wealth management for the last 10 years right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. People have always asked me, how do I achieve financial independence? And while the financial world wants you to believe it's as simple as investing your money, I'm here to tell you it's a small piece of the puzzle. I've seen four consistent factors in the people that have achieved financial independence. One, they excel in their career. Two, they manage their money properly. Three, they're able to avoid devastating financial mistakes. They can see through the BS. And lastly, they understand they need to learn from the best, the people that have achieved success in their career and their finances. Join us on our journey as we learn how to become free retirees. Welcome in into a money management edition of the Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy, and I'm joined alongside Silicon Valley mentor and interview coach, Sergio Patterson. What is up, everyone? And Silicon Valley's favorite attorney, Matthew McElroy. What's going on? Today, we're talking about one of the most important things you can do regarding your finances, making sure you have a legacy so your loved ones are taken care of. So what does that mean, having a legacy? Your legacy should really be something that's well thought out, carries out your intentions, and it's prepared in a way that's gonna enrich the lives of those you care about long after you're gone. So boys, you know, on the Free Retiree Show, we generally keep it kind of light, but today let's start off with a hypothetical. Doctor says you got one week to live. What things are you guys the most concerned about? This is no longer a happy Friday. <laughs> I feel like me and Sir Deer are going to have like the same answer on this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, you can go, Matt, if you want. Well, I just, I think, you know, I'm assuming that we're both going to answer that we're, you know, we want to make sure our families are taken care of. I mean, that's number one. I think that you were kind of getting at this question is like, are we prepared? I think if the doctor said I have a week to live, I'd be terrified. Like what, what's Kimberly going to do? What are the kids going to do? Like, Who's going to take care of them? Obviously, she's going to, but who's going to support her and help? So I think, yeah, all those things are just, it's pretty scary. Terrible question. Yeah. Like, I know. You'd I know have right? to, yeah, you'd have to like throw a Hail Mary and <laughs> put all your money in crypto right before you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds like a foolproof plan. <laughs> but yeah, like what specific things do you think would you guys be thinking about? For you guys, you know, we're coming from different family dynamics. I mean, I just have my wife and my pup. Uh, you guys have kids. What are you guys specifically concerned about? Like if you guys were like, all right, you got one week to live. What the th- what are the things that you're really concerned about more specifically with the kids and family? Just they're being able to, you know, survive and get on their feet without me. You know what I mean? Right now I'm the only one working. So if they lost that, then they, you know, they lose their income and everything else. So they'd have to come to another plan. So you'd want something for them like a, a backup for them to survive and be able to figure out how they're going to adjust to life without me. Yeah. I think similar, I'm kind of the only income right now. So I think that what I worry about is the benefits I've had. We've gotten so used to Silicon Valley's amazing benefits. And when you have kids, like, you know, how often the kids go to the doctor, how often. So like, I, I think that's pretty scary. Them not having access to that anymore. But yeah, like Matt said, like, I think it all comes down to finances. Yeah. And that's the same thing for me too, even though my situation isn't as complicated as yours, even for my wife, I would want to make sure, you know, that she was taken care of. I wouldn't really, for me personally, I would say like, man, I just never want her to work again. 
if if that happens. So, you know, passing away of a loved one is always tough and there's so many different reasons why. But it seems like for most people, as we've talked about in this early discussion, it happens to be the finances. And these people that we leave behind, we don't know if we're leaving them on their own for a month, could be a year, could be decades. And while money isn't the end all be all, I think it probably does help, you know, make things easier for people uh, to live a life with less stress, less worry. You want to make sure that they're set up to, to thrive. So for today's speaker, we have a very special one, uh, Natalie Gold, aka Money Mama. She is a world-renowned attorney. And what she does is she talks about how you set up a legacy for your loved ones. And guys, she is indeed a big deal. So look, check this out. She's been on CNN, Fox News, CBS, Good Morning America, CNBC, BBC, CNN World, The New York Post, Cosmopolitan, and she's even been seen on Trevor Noah's Daily Show. I love Trevor Noah. He's awesome. But I'm, I'm looking forward to asking her, like, you know, how that happened. But she's also an award-winning attorney, five-time best-selling author, national-wide speaker, and she is a big advocate for women and financial education. So you guys stoked for this one? Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, excited. Again, how'd you get her? How'd you connect with her? How'd you, how, why is she on our show? I, I, told her this, I told her this was Oprah, you know, the same strategy that we've used time and time again, you know, through, through the loop-de-loop and she accepted. So Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. I think she's super exceptional. So this is going to be cool. Yeah. We're going to go to a quick break. But before we do so, if you have questions for us, financial related, career related, legal related, make sure you send them to ask at the free retiree.com. And if you have a question for Natalie Gold, aka Money Mama, we would be more than happy to forward that on to her. We'll take a quick break, but we'll be right back. Welcome back into the Free Retiree Show. We are sitting down with the one, the only, Natalie Gold. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm freaking awesome. How are you guys doing? I mean, we are delighted. We have you on our set. How could this day get any better? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think it could be better, Lee, if you didn't put all the thoughts in everyone's head of what could happen if they die yeah. in a week. <laughs> I, I know. I was yeah, going to be like dark Debbie intro. Downer. <laughs> It's Friday, man. It's Friday. You took us to a dark place. You make my job real easy when you do that. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, gosh, I did paint a pretty dark picture, you know, like, yeah, but these are realities, right? These are things that actually happen, right? Am I, am I wrong? Are these things that you've dealt with? I haven't met one person yet who's not going to (laughs) die. We don't know when we don't know how. We certainly don't know what the government's going to do with our taxes at the moment of our death, but we know it's coming. It's the great equalizer. So what steps are we taking during our life to truly live our legacy of love? So why don't you tell the listeners about what you've done for your law firm and what you guys specialize in? We talk about money. Let's talk about money, baby. Let's talk about where is it going to go? Who is it going to protect? And most importantly, who do you love? 
Because what I heard Matt and Sergio say is, I want to make sure, oh my God, like my kids, the benefits that they get, they live in Silicon Valley. They're accustomed to a type of life. Lee, for you and your spouse as well, for your, your dog. I mean, literally all these things, right? So we have the spouse, the kids, the dog, the quality of life. And we're talking about a lot of different things. We're talking about income. We're also talking about assets. And those are two very different things because there's a lot of people who make a lot of money and are broke. Oh, they have nothing. True that. Yes. <laughs> so are we living, you know, for any reason beyond like, let me buy bottles at the club in a pre-COVID and hopefully post-COVID world, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we sometimes get disillusioned, especially in places where we can make a lot of money. And we start thinking like, oh, I am. I'm the bee's knees, like I did this. And the fact is in one second, it could be all over. So what then? And I think it's a really sobering thing to like start at step one, take an inventory. What do you actually have? Like, what do you have and what do you want to do with it? And if you're making, you know, six figures, seven figures a year or more, if you're in the crypto game and you're a crypto billionaire, God bless you. AKA Matt McElroy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's uh, how's Vet doing? Vet Chain doing my favorite, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, Matt. Who has the private key? Does your wife oh, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm 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 an offender of that. Not your keys, not your crypto, right? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I keep my uh, my crypto on the exchange, which is there you go. So but see, like Crypto is an amazing thing because it's a really new thing, obviously. So the estate planning community is typically very old and very kind of standard of what we did, you know, wills, trust, and financial things that people understood. I mean, today you guys are enlightened and we all understand the crypto game, which is where I believe the world is going, but our documents, do they necessarily reflect that? And like, have you appointed a beneficiary on those documents, uh, on those accounts? Because if not, good luck having a court understand enough to be able to grant your spouse, who's now a widow, in grief, still raising children, the ability to get you know, jurisdiction over those crypto accounts. And as we know, it's not like the typical, you make 6 7% a year in this index fund, you're fine. I mean, if you miss out on three days of crypto, you could lose half. Very volatile. So that speed is necessary. Well, where is that in the law? There's no speed in the law. Yeah, so you're right. It's totally, it's got to evolve to, to these new types of assets. So, you're right. So we're owning in trust. We have to under, like, and we have to make really the women part of the conversation. Because here's the deal, guys. Statistically, nine out of 10 of us women will survive you men. Such bullshit, but Travis, I accept it. You guys don't want to be around to deal with the aftermath. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> the stronger species they are. <laughs> you know what? Here's the deal, right? Like, is your wife ready for that? I think Matt's wife would be very happy. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Lee just before when we were talking about everything, Lee said that you know he wants to make sure that his wife never has to work again. So. Pretty for that. That's motivation right there. So here's another question I have for you guys. 
you want your wife never to work again, but I'm sure you don't want your wife to be supplying the next guy down the road with his financial future, right? Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Like, I, I, if I have it my way, I'm going to, it's okay, but he just can't be very good looking. You know, there's like going to be like, uh, like <laughs> physical requirements. You got to have a pot belly. Then we good. If we can hit, if we can hit all those marks of being ugly, yeah, we're okay with it. <laughs> well, and Matt and Sergio, for your kids, I'm sure you wouldn't want your wife to not know and then get married to someone else and he be the inheritor of that money instead of your children. This, this day is just taking a, a, a dark, dark turn. <laughs> a turn? <laughs> <laughs> the I think it's good. You know, it really shows yeah. like how crazy it is. You know what I mean? Like things can, they won't work out like you think they're going to work out. You know, most people are like, oh, whatever, you know, I'll handle that later. But it's like the consequences of that could be, yeah. you know, life changing for your loved Even one. like sharing the like Natalie, you mentioned sharing the account information, little things like the crypto accounts or like the, the Charles Schwab accounts or taking inventory, like you called it, documenting it. Right. Like a like list, literally listing it, literally out. listing it out. So let's go to the beginning of this whole conversation. Like if we can't, you know, let's take the average person that is, you know, thinking about estate planning that hasn't done it. They're probably saying, well, money is tight. I'm going to hold off on that and I'll get it done uh, when maybe in my fifties or sixties, like when I'm getting ready to die, I'll, I'll put that all in place. What is the problem with that logic and what sort of things could arise if we have that, I guess, you know, the average mentality of those that haven't done their estate planning? 64% of people die without a will in, in the U.S. That's an astronomical number. And here's the deal. For all those people who know when they're going to die, please give me your crystal ball. I want it. I want to know. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> we just don't know, right? So here's what's wrong with that. Number one, life insurance has a very specific thing that they need from you, age and health. And things can happen as you get older. One bad doctor's experience can make you ineligible. So what's the cheapest and easiest way to fund your family's living, pay off the mortgage and have enough money for your wife to be able to take a breath after she's just lost the most important person in her life? It's the life insurance. And if you are not healthy, you will not be able to qualify. Now, here's the second thing. It's not just about living your life, okay? A lot of people will live to their 90s and 100s. The medicine has gotten that good. But a lot of people live to that age with dementia, with Alzheimer's. They're aging in place, and they need help. And just so you guys are aware, in places like we all live, California, Colorado, New York, et cetera, it's 20 grand plus a month in care right now. That's per person. Wow. Wow, that's wild. It's insane. Be these people did not spend that kind of money. And that's why they have the million saved up, right? They did what we're supposed to do. They saved their money. They invested their money. They put it into their 401k. They did the things, but they didn't buy long-term care insurance. And today, long-term care insurance is quite inexpensive as compared to how it used to be because it's now a hybrid model on the life insurance product. So let's say you have a million-dollar policy you can cut through some of that million dollar death benefit to actually care for yourself during your life. That's huge. 
Because if that money is not coming out of your pocket, you're preserving your wealth. Tremendous. Yeah, it's, not, it's not taken away from what you're going to leave everybody. You just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, like I've heard stories of an 88-year-old had long-term care insurance her whole life, paid for it her whole life, and then decides, oh, I don't need this anymore. Well, at 90 to 95 until she passed away, believe me, she needed it. And it was private pay out of your own pocket. Most people are impacted at some point. You know, an old, a loved one, grandpa, grandpa, like, it, it hits us all, right? Like, I, I just dealt with it with my grandpa. He had dementia, and I just saw it deteriorate. And I saw the money my mom and parents had to put into that. I'm just I'm like... I'm so sorry. It's, no, I just, I bring that up. Just, I think it's, it's more common than we even realize. And I'm wondering why it's not more top of mind for people. No one wants to think about this stuff. No one wants to talk about it. You know, it's like the non-sexy stepsister. Everyone wants to talk about index funds and crypto and like, how are we going to make more money? I think that's chump change compared to what you can save by just putting a few foundational pieces in. Because if no one's ever going to touch your money, and I mean long-term care costs, and I mean litigants, because you know when you have money, you got that shine. People want that shine. They don't want to work for the shine. They just want to take your shine. Okay? And then we got the divorces, which is happening more and more rampant, especially during the COVID era. People just couldn't be t- together all the time. We're not meant to be together all the time as as husband and wife as as or spouses in general, right? It's, People really love their sovereignty. So this was a very tough time. Divorces are off the roof. I mean, people are going just nuts. And how do you ensure that your wealth is not going to be taken from you? The only way is through asset protection planning. I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, that, that, that don't understand it completely are probably really hesitant to go and further inquire and research it just because they're like, hey, I don't own a house. I don't have anything. You know, even though, they may have money in the bank. They may have cars. They may have other things. They think, you know, there's like a mental barrier of like, oh, if I don't own property, do I really need this? Maybe they don't. Like for sure, if you have a lot of cash in bank and brokerage accounts, you have to do some sort of asset protection planning. What I would likely do is a cash bonds and stock LLC that's assigned into an asset protection trust. You can't have, like, it can't be on the eve of a judgment. Okay, so that's a fraudulent conveyance. It is pre-planning. Now, here's the deal, too. For those who um, have that cash, cash is the sexiest asset. It's the easiest. Unlike a piece of property that already has a mortgage on it, and it's not as pretty. It's just not. Because they're in the second position, even with a judgment. The cash, what's stopping anyone from taking that from you? Now, if you don't have that much to spend on an asset protection plan, guess what? You have a trust in place already and it costs zero dollars and it's called a beneficiary designation on your accounts. Do you guys know how many people get divorced and their ex is still their beneficiary? <laughs> it's a lot. What a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or nobody is and it goes to the estate. If you go through an estate proceeding, especially in California, you... Before this, you didn't know. Now you're officially stupid because the percent that the lawyer can take on the state administration by statute in California is 23 grand on your first mill. Gross, gross. So if you have a million dollar house, $800,000 mortgage, I can take 23 grand on that. 43K on, your, on three mil and 63K plus 
on each and every million after that. Okay. Lawyers. Right. <laughs> Natalie and Matt, it's not fair. <laughs> Matt, Matt's like, why did I know about this? I'm going to be a probate lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I got I to switch to transactional stuff, man. <laughs> Get some estate planning in there. Yeah, seriously. Do you, do you, are you in probate court a lot? I mean, is that something? Because I really push, like, do the damn 5K trust. Yeah, you, you, you know? get them like, so they don't have to go there, right? <laughs> 100%. But you know how many lawyers will do a trust and they won't fund it? So here's what a trust is. It's a beautiful coffee cup. It is gorgeous. You can, I have my favorite, which is upstairs, my boss lady cup, blah, 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 blah. It can be beautiful, stunning, blah, blah, blah. It does not work unless you put the coffee in it. Same thing with your assets. You can have the vehicle, but you have to what we call fund it in order for it to work. So if you have your house that's still in your personal name, your you know bank accounts that don't have, they're not in the trust, they don't have a beneficiary, you basically spent this money and it's a worthless piece of paper. And this is why people say to me, well, what do you think about you know LegalZoom? What do you think about trust normal? I think, I think their documents are great. It's not a question of the document is, are you doing what the document is designed to do? And where is that advice coming in to make sure it's properly done? Yeah, it's hard to make a cookie cutter type thing for these type of things. It's like everybody has their own individual stuff going on that needs to be addressed. And like no one wants to do it because really who wants to go to a bank and be there for three hours to put a beneficiary on an account or to open a new trust account? Nobody, nobody wants to do it. I get that, but we have to. Because three hours now is worth $300,000 at least to our family and how much, how many hours and how many months of time in probate court. Yeah. That's the thing is probate. I mean, you're not, that's a process. Like that's not short. Yeah. It's a misery. In New York, I applied for a few probate cases that I got in January. We still have yet to get a file number. Like a final accounting? No, no, no. A file number. Oh, oh, you mean just we a don't file? even have oh. a file number yet because of how backlog. I mean, can you guys imagine? That's insane! Wow, that's like six months to to just get processed. That's, that's nuts. and yesterday I'm talking to a guy. He's a mediator in California. He's saying every case I'm seeing now is a is a like will dispute, estate dispute, trust dispute. So there's three types of disputes. Typically, we got the Cain and Abel. I'm good. My brother and sister is shit. <laughs> you got the evil stepmother, which is, I guess, a cousin to the ugly stepsister, right? And and you got the trustee who couldn't be trusted. <laughs> That's so it. true. Yeah, the family ones are always so messy. Yeah. I, I've got a question. So, if like, for the folks out there, whether it's a couple, just people starting out, right? If they have no idea what to do, is this something they can do on their own or do they need to find somebody to get them through this process in terms of estate planning? I would find someone, even if you're going to one of these low cost providers to get the documents, I think that's okay. As long as you layer it on top with the professional advice to make sure the things are properly signed properly executed with witnesses, depending, for example, in a will, you need two witnesses that are disinterested and um, properly funded for those trusts. Because if you go it alone, I mean, okay, you can get on a treadmill by yourself. You don't have to have a trainer at the gym, but you get one because you want to get in sick shape. 
what is more important than your financial future for you, the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. So it's like, you want to be cheap, be cheap on something else. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent agree with that. That's great. So now we've talked about how to solve the income issue. If we make an untimely departure, we've talked about protecting the assets. Let's talk about, you know, carrying out the legacy, carrying out our wishes and that future that we see for our loved ones. And, you know, kind of being able to influence that after we're gone. Like I, as we talked about, I want to make sure the pool boy does not look that good. Matt wants to make sure he doesn't end up as ashes in the garden. Um, how do we, how do we dictate that? How do we influence that? So some of that stuff is legal and some of it isn't right. Some of it is just simply saying, so the legal stuff is through the wills and trusts. That is how we dictate it. And we get to define, is this money that's going to our spouse going in trust? Will it stop in the event they get remarried? What are those parameters? And then how do our kids receive? I tell my clients, if you give your kids at 18, at 18 in a day, they'll be broke. We want to consider protecting it for them and against any of their spouses and their potential lawsuits, right? So as far as your pool boy example, Lee, It really is, you know, it's about talking about it during your life. We're so deathly afraid of having the conversation of money and sex. Why? Open your mouth and ask, like, what do you want? How does this look like? And, And create what I call a family constitution, right? What are the values? I mean, we go, you know, we go into businesses and we're like, what are your values? What are your values for your family? Write it down. And then like, get the kids involved. If you have kids, ask them what's important to you. People guess all the time. They're like, well, this daughter definitely wants this house and that son. You've never even asked them. Like people are so afraid to talk to their kids about real things. I'm like, what are you doing with your life then? Well, and not having that talk can lead to more turmoil down the road between, you know, the family members, you know, like, why did they get this? Or why did I only get this? You know, resentment that leads to litigation. Oh my God. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars in litigation. It's funny, especially like when you have a big family. So I, I come from a family of five. Yeah. And then my dad, my parents are getting older and he's always like, oh, dude, I got to change this to my will. He doesn't give us the details, but I feel like who knows what's going to happen. And there's five of us and we mostly get along. But Lee, you know, my, my like, who, like it could be a bomb could explode. <laughs> like I'm I, like to your point, I think they need to start letting us know what's going to happen. Right. Like, you have to. And here's the thing, too, Sergio, you know five kids, I'm one of four, right? So it's easy for the parents to do the easy thing and say, I give it to all my kids in, a ne- in as nearly equal shares as practicable per stirpes. Per stirpes means if they die, but they have kids, it goes down to them, their share. Okay. And that's easy when it's just cash. So there's a million dollars in cash divided by five. Each one's getting 200 grand. Nothing there to fight about. But this coffee cup, was daddy's first coffee cup he gave to me <laughs> and you bitch how dare you take it and you know the antiques and the house right because it's not just cash 
it's stuff and our emotional or non-emotional connection to it. So the emotional one will always be like, well, I can't sell this house. This was the house that was supposed to stay in the family forever. And the other one saying, I just want the whole cold, hard money. I don't care about the house. Just give me the money. But a house, as you guys know, is not like a bank. You still have to qualify for a mortgage. You still have to be able to buy. And you have to pay that mortgage back. Well, if you're in your 70s when your parents are passing, 60s or 70s, and your best income days are behind you, how are you going to qualify for that mortgage? And I'll tell you, it's through a trust. But most people don't do it. They don't know about it. But we do it. And it's great. (laughs) It's a, a trust that the parents set up way back when? Is that... So it depends. Let's say the person inherited already. The parents died. They left a house and they want to do a buyout. And the son who's buying out the other family maybe doesn't have a tremendous W-2 income because he's already retired or partially retired, but he does have assets that he has acquired during the course of his life. We can put, excuse me, those into a revocable trust according to our federal guidelines for the mortgages, give him a $10,000 a month stream of income through the trust, And using his own money, he can use that income to qualify now. What a powerful planning tool. That's why you need professionals. Yeah, thinking outside the box. And most professionals don't even know this, you know? That's why you need money mama. Money mama. (laughs) I mean, I didn't say it, you did, but thank you. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Go back to the whole conversation thing. I mean, I think that is so important because- it seems like it's, there's a countless examples of people that um, when the loved one dies, might be the siblings uh, or another fa- or other close family members trying to figure out what they wanted because they never had that conversation. And then they make up all these crazy things in their mind that, oh, this was grandpa's favorite coffee mug or grandpa's favorite shoes. We're going to hold on to all this stuff. And then, you know, the other family member gets rid of it or does something with it. And then the family is broken. So one thing that I would say is like, if you love your family, have the conversation about what you want, because I think it's just crazy how many of these families are torn apart after the fact, just because the conversation didn't happen. And yeah, maybe it's one of those things that we can't put on paper, Sometimes some, some certain conversations, but it, that transparency is valuable in keeping the family together. Just the little stuff. I embrace the Marie Kondo inside of all of us. And I say, who needs this shit? <laughs> Just, like get rid of it. You know, it's because it, truly here's the thing. Our generation doesn't really want more stuff. And the ones younger than us certainly don't. They want the money. They don't want the stuff. And they kind of just try to get rid of the stuff after. You spend all this money and all this time collecting the stuff, but what it means to you really doesn't mean to the other person. So you have an emotional tie to the stuff. That's why you bought it. They don't. So they're just saying, how can the stuff make me more money? So like, again, open and honest conversations with your kids. If you're an art collector and you have an incredible collection, but your kids couldn't care about art, think about that. And plan for that and figure out what you can do with that art and inventory it again. I mean, seriously, I was talking to Carol Kaufman yesterday. She runs a company called Pin Inventory, so I'm going to shout them out. She has an app for $6.95 a month that you can inventory every single thing you have, upload it. 
and put who's going to be the beneficiary. It's not so hard. We don't want to do the hard work. That's the issue. What's the app called? Pinventory. Pinvent. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah, it is. Awesome. Because when somebody comes to you guys, that's one of the most important things is that they kind of catalog everything that they want to include, right? It's interesting. You know, I don't go necessarily to that, that depth unless the person's like, I'm an art collector. Because most people, they're just like, everything's going to go to Matt, Sergio, and Lee, 33% each. That's it. It's going to go equally. Let them decide. And that's when the issues come. We also do, as part of a standard plan, what's called a personally property, personal property memoranda. So basically says it's part of the trust and it says like, okay, I'm going to be able to list out my stuff here. My leather couch goes to Matt. My super awesome antique collection goes to Sergio. My pool goes to Lee for the pool. You know, we got to make space for him. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I'm kind of kidding about that pool, right? Because that's part of the house, but um, you guys get my drift. But here's the thing. No one ever fills it out. Because they're so like deathly afraid of the trust attorney that they're like, okay, it's done. We're putting this away and we don't have to think about it again. <laughs> would you, you know, just in, in your guidance, would you suggest that if they, if they I do want to be particular about that, that they actually sit down with the family members and, and have that talk while maybe doing that and inventorying it? Heck, and today, there is no excuse. Everyone knows how to FaceTime and Zoom. This pandemic has made them that abundantly clear. What is so hard of zooming and saying and making a recording? This is my beautiful painting. Matt, you get that. This is my book collection. Lee, you get that. Sergio, this is my TV collection. I mean, like, what's so hard? We've been raised and just not talk about it. Like you mentioned earlier, like, I don't think we want to think about our parents dying. Our parents don't want to think about dying. Right. So it's like, we got to break that somehow. Totally. And, you know, I really, I think the estate planning community is to blame because how stupid could we be that we call it estate planning? Who wants to ever think about that? Instead, I call it life and legacy planning. Everyone cares about their legacy. Everyone cares about their life, right? Or else like they're psychopaths. But (laughs) that's what we care about. But, you know, lawyers are traditionally not great marketers and not great branders. So they made up estate planning. Life insurance industry got it right. It's life insurance, not death insurance, although it's death insurance. (laughs) Smart. (laughs) They are a multi-billion dollar owned by mega corporations, like entities and things. And most lawyers who practice in this area have their own little boutique shop. That's not by accident. There's a very real reason. And that's because of the brand. Yeah. Even if it was like you said, like legacy planning or some, something more like estate planning is just like so dead icky. inside. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. Um, it's a good call out. So Natalie, people want to get in touch with you because you, you mentioned some amazing strategies. How can they reach out to you? How can they have a conversation? They are welcome to get at me on my website, goldbergllp.com. Get at me on LinkedIn. I am a big LinkedIner. And uh, look, truly, I want to help everybody, whether or not they have a huge fortune or not. You always do the right thing and good comes back, no matter what. 100%. Love having you on today. But before we end this, we got to know, Trevor Noah, 
How did that happen? I think we all want, are curious to see how you got on Trevor Noah. Okay. Here's how it happened. My husband and I were talking about marriage constitution was a concept I came up with in one of, in one of my books. And part of that is a baby prenup who literally, who's going to change the diapers, who's going to be up in that, like explaining these things. So Good Morning America wanted to do a segment about that, about baby prenup. Great. So I'm super pregnant. My roots are super dark. And I'm like on the show, my husband's next to me. We're talking about this baby prenup and it's on Good Morning America. Wonderful. All of a sudden, all these guy friends of ours start texting, being like, we saw you. And we're like, you watch Good Morning America? (laughs) (laughs) But what happened was Trevor Noah saw the clip and used it and made fun of us being like, and this is the, uh, the future white people child rearing and like playing <laughs> into us. And I love it because you cannot buy advertising that good. Yeah, yeah, no, that's amazing. Yeah. And also like, it's funny for Trevor to say, but he doesn't have kids. He doesn't understand like what it is to be up at night and like having to work the next day. And, you know? Wait, wait, can you explain the baby prenup? What, what, what is that exactly? <laughs> yeah, I might need one of these. <laughs> yeah, I saw Sergio and Matt's eyes light up a little bit when you mentioned it. So it's, it's having the conversation again. It's like, okay, our, our whole life is going to change now, like astronomically, complete change. Who's doing the stuff? And like, how much are we spending? What are the, what are the ground rules? Like, is your mom allowed to come over every day and nag the shit out of me? Nope. It's, you know, your father able to make these designations because he happens to have a lot of money and he's going to decide. Nope. You have to have the conversation because look how, how many people get a divorce after children. You would think about it. You have a child. You want this child to grow up in a happy family. And why is it the divorce is so prevalent? Well, because we feel taken advantage of. We feel that it's not fair. And especially when there's a kid, it's giving, giving, giving always to that child to help them grow, to help, right? I mean, like they need you literally in that way. So with that, if we had the conversation, so it was fair game because Matt said, I'm going to take care of the diapers, but you're going to do the night feeding. If he doesn't do that, Clear as day, baby. You you breached. Like, you know, like you said you were gonna do this. <laughs> I'll see Wait, you in court. Did you actually have a sign? It was a contract that was signed. We we signed it in a contract in the marriage constitution, which also included, much like a prenup, those kinds of things. Like, okay, how much are we gonna spend? At what level do we have to have the conversation about money? So I think this is actually a really powerful thing for couples to do. Money is the number one reason for a divorce. Well, if you can decide, depending on your pocket, at $1,000, we talk about it. At five grand, we talk about it. At 500, whatever your pocket is, now it gives like the green light to the other that we trust you on anything less than that, right? We don't have to have a conversation about it. So how much more empowering is that to know like, and then, and then maybe as your life changes and you get wealthier, you readjust that number. And you say like, you know what? You don't have to worry about it under the level. I think that will actually save a lot of marriages. What, what, I got a question. What, what are the, the consequences for breach? <laughs> I mean, right. That's the whole thing. So he also made fun of that. He's like, Oh, are you going to change the diapers? I'll see you in court. <laughs> and I mean, what are the consequences, right? You can, you can, you can 
carve those out in the, in the prenup, right? For sure. Look, like a prenup d- defines what happens with the money. And are someone going to get a divorce over you didn't change the diapers? Probably not. But in a loving, caring relationship, if we have the ground rules laid out, I mean, the, the repercussion is you don't do enough of it. Your spouse is pissed as hell and they're going to divorce your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, I like it. It's kind of like a, it's a good tool to have a conversation that most people just don't have. Exactly. So, you know what? I, I think it's now in having this conversation, it's truly a blessing that Trevor Noah made fun of it because I hope more people do it. <laughs> Can we find it like on YouTube or something? I already yeah. found it. It's awesome. Oh, you already found it? Okay, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. text it to us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I fully embrace it. I include it in my reel because I want people to know, like, I don't take myself too seriously. This right, is, and it's great advertising. It's amazing. It's, yeah. it's incredible. And it's so much fun. I'm like, hey, Trevor, what else can I make you to make fun of me for? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's free, right? I mean, like, you can't, it, one, it's amazing advertising. And two, you didn't even have to pay for it. So it's like, it's uh, incredible. Gosh. But I think that's the power of really being out there, right? I mean, one thing we write or put out there or, or say can have a ripple effect in this world. And I think that is the beauty and the power of our social media generation, each and every one of us can have our own show. We, we're constantly broadcasting. So I think it is on us to own it and like be the best version of ourselves and inspire. Natalie, thank you for coming on our show. You've been amazing, Money Mama. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And Lee, believe me, nobody's leaving you for the pool boy. Ah. <laughs> oh, don't, hey, don't make it set bigger. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to be around much longer after what he said on this podcast. <laughs> uh, with no pools. That is the answer. <laughs> Victoria doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Thank you, I'm everybody. i purposely share this episode with her. <laughs> You've been listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. Offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, www.finra.org, SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed for the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is a investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities America Advisors or Securities America Incorporated. Securities America Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. The content heard in this podcast is not intended to be tax, investment, or legal advice and is intended as general guidance only. You should contact your own tax advisor, financial advisor, or attorney to answer questions about your specific situation or needs before acting upon this information. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of LinkedIn Incorporated or Microsoft Corporation. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.